0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Alphabet Song. My name is Jonathan Chan and I'll be your host today as we explore another two segments of Psalm 119, which are the letters Kaf and Lamed. I hope you've been enjoying this series thus far as much as Dan and I have been preparing them. As always, we traditionally show a video clip to kick off our sermon, so here's a short video clip to showcase our theme for today as we unpack the letters CAF and Lamed. So, enjoy. Oh, I don't need anything like that. Yet. Just give me my gun. Sorry, the law requires a five-day waiting period. We've got to run a background check. Five days? But I'm mad now. Yeah, I'd kill you if I had my gun. Yeah, well, you don't. That was a big shot, he's so big because he's got a lot of guns, but if he didn't have any guns, I'd show him a thing or two. ...and then we'll see worried about five-day waiting period. Dad, it's 3 a.m. Can't you mutter in your room?
1: Marge kicked me out.
0: Uh all right.
1: Go ahead. Pushy kids think they can tell me what to do in my house when I tell you parents these days they don't know how to rear children. Oh, how am I supposed to last
0: five days without shooting something? This COVID-19 is really testing our patience. According to my colleague Dan Forrest, we are now 230 days since we had our last worship service, together in person. 230 days since we had large parties with friends and families. 230 days since my daughter had playdates at our place. 230 days since I last visited my mom at her care home. 230 days since the last time I went to the gym or held meetups and re- at restaurants and cafes. 230 days of homeschooling my daughter. 230 days of no summer camps, no baseball, no basketball for my daughter. 230 freaking days and counting. We had to cancel community events as well. We had to cancel neighborhood block parties because of all this COVID-19 stuff and, of course, the social distancing and protocols. We probably have to cancel even more neighborhood events as well in the future. 230 days and counting. So here's the question. Are you tired of waiting for a vaccine? Some people are. Check out this video and we'll be right back. But trying to limit spontaneous gatherings in outdoor spaces is proving a tougher challenge. Global's Nadia Stewart joins us now from Vancouver, where a video of a late night street party
1: is raising eyebrows, Nadia. Jeff, there is mounting frustration amongst health officials as it seems some younger British Columbians just aren't getting the message. Even as the number of cases continues to climb, new video shows some are flouting COVID-19 guidelines. This was the scene on Granville Street in downtown Vancouver in the early hours of Saturday morning. Bar and club owners say when they reach capacity, they turn people away. But it seems some late-night revelers come prepared with speakers and subwoofers launching their own impromptu street party. Vancouver police say they quickly broke up this gathering, but sources tell Global News this scene continued until at least 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. There is, of course the risk of transmission but bars and clubs are also worried if this continues they could be shut down again and they say many establishments won't survive a second round of closures
0: we obey the protocols we try our very best to keep to them for three months Yet it still looks like covid 19 is winning and we're losing some countries have given up Their economies are taking too much of a beating and have thrown in the towel. Herd immunity, i.e. the strong will survive, is now their mantra while many are left to die. Their cases and casualties have skyrocketed. How long can we wait for the vaccine? We can't. How long can we wait for the promised victory that our health officials keep telling us? We can't. So here's my point today. Our endurance in waiting all depends on why we are waiting and not what we are waiting for. For the COVID-19 case, we tend to think about what we are waiting for at the end of this whole long COVID-19 tunnel, i.e. we're probably waiting for a normal life to come. Is that worth the wait? Why are we take- talking about waiting? Well, guess what? The psalmist in Catherine and Lamed is also waiting, waiting for a long time. Let's read. Beginning with verse 81 in Psalm 119. I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your word. My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? I am shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke, but I have not forgotten to obey your decrees. How long must I wait? When will you punish those who persecute me? These arrogant people who hate your instructions have dug deep pits to trap me. All your commands are trustworthy. Protect me from those who hunt me down without cause. They almost finished me off, but I refuse to abandon your commandments. In your unfailing love, spare my life. Then I can continue to obey your laws. Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Your faithfulness extends to every generation as enduring as the earth you created. Your regulations remain true to this day, for everything serves your plans. If your instructions hadn't sustained me with joy, I would have died in my misery. I will never forget your commandments, for by them you give me life. I am yours, rescue me, for I have worked hard at obeying your commandments. Though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. Even perfection has its limits, but your commands have no limit. I am worn out, waiting for your rescue. How long must I wait? How many of us feel like the psalmist right now considering COVID-19? How, I'm sure I'm feeling it, granted, The psalmist here is not experiencing COVID-19, but I'm sure he relates with you and I in the waiting to be rescued, and I'm sure we relate with him as well. The psalmist is brutally honest with God, immediately without any hesitation or politeness. And you know what? This gives us a lesson in talking with God as well. God wants us to be brutally honest with him. He is our loving father and desires us to be brutally honest with our all, i.e. what's in our heart, what's in our mind, and what's really bothering our soul. So let's look at how honest the psalmist is with God. He says this, I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your word. My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? I am shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke, but I have not forgotten to obey your decrees. How long must I wait? When will you punish those who persecute me? Charles Spurgeon, in his commentary, said this about the psalmist. This portion of this gigantic psalm sees the psalmist in extremis, in extreme difficulty. This octave is the midnight of the psalm and is very dark. But meanwhile, it should comfort us to see such an eminent servant of God so harshly abused by the ungodly because it shows us that evidently, in our own persecutions, nothing out of the ordinary has happened to us. The psalmist is an extremist with words like worn out, eyes straining, shriveled wineskin, and he's being brutally honest with God that he is in desperation. For some of us, we too are in extremis or feeling like a shriveled wineskin with eyes straining and getting tired of fixing our eyes on God's promise of rescuing us. Some of us may have lost our jobs due to this pandemic. Some of us may have lost our loved ones. And some of us may have lost both or a lot more due to this pandemic. How can we not feel like a shriveled wineskin? Hopeless useless, and helpless. How can our eyes not be strained and tired? However, Spurgeon says that we should take comfort knowing that this is not new, folks. Others have faced this type of extremists before. It may not be COVID-19. It could have been the Spanish flu, the Great Depression, World War I and II, the famines, the droughts, the floods, the earthquakes, the tsunamis, the wars that are currently ravaging throughout the globe every year. And right now, on August the 19th, 2020, there is a humongous forest fire over in Pictictine, over in the Okanagan Valley. So, whatever extremists we are going through, we are comforted to know that there are sisters and brothers in Christ who have already gone through it as well, or currently going through it together with us. So, What did the psalmist want to be rescued from, though? Let's move on. In verse 84, he says this, How long must I wait? When will you punish those who persecute me? These arrogant people who hate your instructions have dug deep pits to trap me. All your commands are trustworthy. Protect me from those who hunt me down without cause. False accusations from ungodly people. It seems this psalmist's Ongoing struggle is with those who falsely accuse him or mocking him of following God's commands. A couple of weeks ago, we explored Zion and Heth, where the psalmist was being mocked for standing firm in God's commands. Laws and promises only this time, it's gotten worse. No matter how much the psalmist is trying to obey God's commands, it seems like a losing battle and God's rescue is getting further and further and further distant. How long must I wait for your rescue, God? How long must we wait for our rescue from COVID-19, God? Notice what the psalmist didn't say. I give up. He didn't say that. Nor did he say, God, screw you, I'm leaving. He didn't say that. Although it's clear that he's in the deepest pit and in the deepest state of depression, he didn't say, I'm better off dead. Or, you know what? I give up, God, you promised, but didn't deliver. You schmo, I'm out of here. What the psalmist did say, which we will unpack further, is that he reminds himself that God's word and commands are trustworthy. Hmm, trustworthy. Meaning that God's promise to us for following his commands and faithful to his word is steadfast, unchanging, eternal, and will be fulfilled. God keeps his promises. The psalmist knows that we need to remind ourselves of that. You might not ask, John, how do we know that God can be trusted though? Because isn't trust earned in any relationship? And I would say to you, you are absolutely right to ask that question. And it's a good question. How do we know if God can be trusted? Did he earn our trust? Were there promises that he made that he actually kept? And I would say to you, Yes, in fact, he kept all his promises and fulfilled them. Wait, what? All his promises were kept and fulfilled? Yes. In the Gospel of John, Jesus said this when he was hung on the cross. In John chapter 19, verse 30, when Jesus had tasted it, it being the vinegar, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. Finished. If you follow my sermons, This word finished in ancient New Testament Greek is telos, which means more than just finished in the English language. It's total fulfillment, total completion, a complete payment, and full closure. It's interesting, too, is that when John wrote this quote, he used this inflection of telos, right here, shown right here at the top right hand corner, tetelestai which is in Greek grammar, perfect passive indicative. <laughs> now, you're probably wondering, what? what is perfect passive indicative? Well, basically, to bring it all the way down to real earth, perfect passive indicative means it's done. Done meaning it applies to the past, done meaning it applies to the present, and done meaning applies to the future. What was tetelestai then? What was it that was tetelestai? What Jesus came to the world to do, rescue all of humanity, past, present, and future, from death, sins, enslavement, and provide life eternal with God, past, present, and future, is now done. His mission is now complete. If you recall our sermon on the Black Widow, uh, one of the comic book series, throughout the Old Testament, the question was whether God can keep his promises that he made with Abraham to rescue humanity through one of Abraham's descendants. And in Jesus, that has been fulfilled. This salvation from ourselves and our sin has now been made available to us. So, when we ask, can God be trusted? Yes. Did he earn our trust? Yes, he died for us, kept his promise, saved us from our sins, broke the chains of permanent death, and made available a way to eternal life in his presence. God kept his promise, so if Jesus says he is coming soon and promises that he will, his words are trustworthy. For the psalmist, he knew that God was trustworthy with only the first five books of the Bible in his hand. The stories of God saving Israel from calamity and annihilation was enough for him to earn his trust towards God. So, the first reason why we wait is because God has always been trustworthy and will always be trustworthy. God earned our trust through Jesus Christ because Jesus fulfilled his mission to save us as promised by God. So again, first reason why we wait because God has always been trustworthy and will always be trustworthy. God earned our trust through Jesus because Jesus fulfilled his mission to save us as promised by God. Okay, let's move on. In Psalm chapter 119, verse 88, it says this. In your unfailing love, spare my life. Then I can continue to obey your laws. Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Your faithfulness extends to every generation as enduring as the earth you created. If your instructions hadn't sustained me with joy, I would have died in my misery. I will never forget your commandments for by them you give me life. The next reason why we wait on the Lord is because we are alive. The psalmist acknowledges that without God's mercy and grace, i.e. his unfailing love shown towards us and to the entire cosmos, we would be done. All living things will cease to exist. Think about that. God sustains everything. He sustains all living things and gives life to all living things. He breathes life. We often say that God's word is God breathe. What does that mean? It means that whatever God breathes, it gives life to wherever he breathes at. So his words, his commands, his scriptures, the Bible, his love embodied in humanity, i.e. Jesus, the word of God who became flesh, gives us life, sustains us, and the entire cosmos. The very words that establish the earth and sustains it. Wow, that's a pretty darn good reason why we should wait on the Lord. Hey, if he's our life support, we can darn well be sure that he won't pull the plug on us. Next, verse 91. By your appointment, they stand this day, For all things are your servants. All things are your servants. Why else do we wait? Well, there are two parts to this. That's right, two parts for the price of one verse. What a bargain. The first part is because COVID-19 and everything is under God, submits to God, obeys God, and serves God. COVID-19 does not and will not have the last word. God remains above it and will defeat it and end it on his command. He allows it to continue and he will determine when it will end. Just as Jesus calms the storms and resurrects a dead guy, so COVID obeys God. It doesn't have the last word, nor is it more powerful than God. Death has no last word, nor is it more powerful than God. This sounds good in part, right? Because here's the second part that we just can't understand and we will never understand. And it's very frustrating. The reason we wait in light of knowing that COVID-19 is under God's command, is that COVID-19 and everything, whether it be good or bad, serves God's purpose in breaking in his new kingdom here on earth. Say what? Yes, Isaiah says this in chapter 55, verse eight to nine. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. No one, absolutely no human being, could have come up with God's salvation plan, i.e. the gospel. Who would have thought of a scheme that imagined this whole grand scheme that involved a virgin birth and a crucifixion, followed by a resurrection. Only God himself. Only God himself would have thought of that, to become a human being. That baffled humanity back then, and it still baffles us today. It baffles many religions today, that a God, an entity up there, all-powerful, all-knowing, faultless, would come down and be limited as a human being. So to question God's ways of using COVID-19 as his servant to bring in the new kingdom, it's just not within the capacities of our minds to understand. And we won't understand even if God explained it to us. Because it's just too vast. How can an infinite explain something to a someone that is finite? And that's why the psalmist said this. In verse 96, to all perfection, I see a limit. Human perfection has a limit, but your commands, O God, are boundless. Yet God did become finite so that he can at least give us a glimpse of what his kingdom looks like through Jesus. And personally, I think during this COVID, though it has brought the worst in some of us, it also brought the best in some of us. Crucible Church and Company of Disciples, for example, have partnered together to pilot a project providing meals on wheels for kids who may have been hurt by the COVID-19. And that's a great example. Another great example is the Dirty Apron. I had a phone conversation last week with David Robertson, the founder and owner of the Dirty Apron. Many restaurants, are struggling throughout this whole time. Yet, for him, he saw an opportunity. He saw Ephesians 2 10 ring true in front of his eyes as he saw opportunity to give his community a glimpse of the kingdom. So, God enabled him, God provided for him the resources to produce 3,000 meals a day for the elderly in the downtown East Side. That, folks, is a glimpse. Of the new kingdom. That, folks, is how God uses COVID 19 to show us and to break in the new kingdom. God has always opened doors 3,000 meals a day. Lastly, why do we wait? In verse 94 to 96, it says this Ashley, more like just verse 94 I am yours. Rescue me. Humanity belongs to God. You and I belong to God. James chapter 1, verse 18 says this, He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word, and we, out of all creation, became His prized possession. He will not let you or I go. We are His. That's why we wait. As we wait on the Lord for His rescue during this COVID-19, may you and I be reminded as to why we wait. The first reason why we wait is because God has always been trustworthy and will always be trustworthy. God earned our trust through Jesus because Jesus fulfilled his mission to save us as promised by God. The second reason why we wait is that God sustains everything. He gives life to everything. He sustains everything. He sustains all living things and gives life to all living things. He breathes life and therefore he will not pull the plug on us, and you can count on that. And third. Everything, including COVID-19, serves God's purpose. To bring in the new kingdom, and lastly, we are His. We are His. He will never let us go. He will never forsake us. And He will always love us. For may we be reminded of who we are in God. His chosen ones, loved by Him, saved by Him, His children. Amen.